only thing I pray is I will live in as a boss. So Holy Spirit's out the jar. Uh, the new hit from Nico Moon, who's going to be joining the show soon. Looking forward to that. Hey, we got a good one coming your way back with us. Very excited to bring Brian Kramer back on the show. Sports Gambling Podcast. How you doing, man? Oh, it's we're, we're so close. Uh, it's <laughs> the, the calendar is about to turn to the, the great holiday of July 4th. And, and, you know, that means training camps right around the corner. Slow motion cameras showing us big fat guys running sweating and sprinklers keeping the grass wet hey you know speaking of training cap what's your opinion on guys who you know have a point to make who don't show up whether it's contract related actually i think it's always contract related but what's your opinion on that it's unfortunately the only leverage it seems the players have, so it's like it makes sense. It, I mean, as Giants fans, we're kind of dealing with it, yeah. where it's like, well, he's obviously not going to show up until he signs a contract. I don't think any human would show up if they're not technically like being paid to do the job. And so, yeah, that makes sense. Now, as far as what it can do to your team, yeah, it, it does kind of... Whether it's selfish or not, it's always selfish, but everyone should be selfish when they're trying to negotiate a deal for themselves. And so, yeah, it's it's a weird, delicate thing. I, I'm not against it because I understand it. Now, that being said, it sucks when it affects the team. Now, you know, again, as Giants fans, we also experienced it with Strahan, where he was just doing the veteran thing of not wanting to be at training camp. And I also understand that as an old guy, you get tired. You don't want to have the same, you know, responsibility as the young guys. So, yeah, I guess every situation is different. If you have a strong cult, strong culture, all of that stuff, I think the locker room probably understands it most. I think, I think the coach kind of sets the tone with that. The coach understands that it's a business and he operates in that way. Sure, he's going to be disappointed a player is not there, but he should understand. And so hopefully the team can get things sorted out and they can move forward. But, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, to explicitly talk about this season, it does seem like Josh Jacobs is actually overtly saying, hey, I'm not going to show up if you don't f fix this. Yeah. That's a big piece to their puzzle, by the way. <laughs> so they better. It was kind of important last year. Yeah, you know. Speaking of someone who's a big piece, although Izzy, that's the question, and that's Saquon. You know, the Giants seem to be on a really, I think, good path. I think things are really adding up for them, and I think they're going to shock the nation, the NFL nation, this year. Um, and I don't think they're going to be what they did last year. I think they're going to be a lot better than last year. And, you know, a lot of people have a tough time even just chewing on that. But the question is, because Saquon obviously wants to get paid. Now, I, the rumors are the, the Giants put something back on the table. I don't know. I haven't seen anything. Um, but, you know, like, what are, what are they what do you think's going to happen? Is this kid going to uh, play without a long term deal? In my mind, I keep thinking, like, at some point, Mr. Mara is going to call him into his office and be like, look, here's what it's going to look like on the side to keep you happy. I mean, I, I understand. Like, so Saquon is an interesting piece. Yeah. He wasn't drafted by this regime. 
but they seem to like him. He's clearly a leadership guy. If you listen to any of the beat reporters who have, a, you know, an, a very level-headed approach, they'll say, like, look, it, it, it is a business. The Giants are probably right to not be paying him all this money based on what the running back market has looked like this year. That being said, Saquon Barkley might mean a little bit more to that that locker room and that Giants team. And I think, you know, when I look at what this front office is doing, and as much as people want to say they're doing smart stuff, they're they're being it's all about cap health. Yeah. They've resigned a lot of Gettleman's guys, and they've resigned a lot of guys who are critical in the locker room. I mean, bringing Sterling Shepard back on a veteran minimum minimum contract with no real plan for him. It shows me that you care about the locker room. And I think one of the things, you know, we talked earlier about the coach kind of sets the tone. I think the way that Dable operates in this locker room has me feeling okay that whenever this financial resolution uh, gets here, Mm -hmm. that it's not going to be a problem. And Saquon's going to go back to being the the guy he is. So, yeah, I mean. What's that? Wait, hold on. What's the hesitation, do you think? Because obviously it would be his health, right? The hesitation is that the you don't want to overpay for a running and the hesita- back. Exactly, and and the and what's happening is that everything that the the spreadsheet nerds used to tell us, you know, five, six, seven years ago, yeah. is now coming to fruition, and you're seeing top end running backs get you know the Miles Sanders deal. I think is the the deal that everyone points to where. He's a legit bell cow. He showed that he can handle the load, and I guess we'll find out in Carolina, but his contract was very small. And I think the, the days of guys like Christian McCaffrey getting $16 million a year might be over, and I think you're seeing it. It's almost like an epidemic of, you know, what, what should we do with running backs? They don't last very long. You know, how is the, the landscape going to change? I think what you're going to see with NIL money in college is if a running back was smart, they would get paid as much as they can in college, a.k.a. play for more years in college, and then get that one big NFL contract because that seems to be the only guarantee. And unless they come across some sort of, you know, stats or or or, or production-based contracts where you're not bottled into, like, a position, mm-hmm. I think that, that's got to be the strategy. So, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate, but – Hopefully they lock Barkley into some sort of like three year deal. It's really a two year deal that pays them pays him essentially what he would get on the franchise tag for two years, but gives him a little bit more security and it's a longer term deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, with a guy like that, how do you not just if you, as a Giants fan, I'm just thinking, how do you not give him some sort of like brand ambassador type deal on the side where it's like, here, we'll kick you an extra five million a year just to just to be our guy, have a pretty face, and sell all these jerseys. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, look at. I know it's a business they're running, um, but I, I I think it would be a bad move to to not pay him. And um, I agree. Think, I think that he is, if he's not Christian McCaffrey, which there's very few and far between, he's certainly the next best thing. And um, some might say that he's better, especially after squatting 558 pounds or what did he do? 585 pounds. barefoot. Barefoot. He was doing it barefoot. I mean, and geez. And to your to your point too, there there is kind of an under like a, a a very unpopular countercurrent here in that if the running back position is so replaceable and it's so dependent on how good the offensive line is, doesn't that make the truly elite guys valuable because they can they do separate themselves from the average guy? And so yeah, there there's a handful of them. Yeah. The problem is that cliff is so steep. That's what people are scared of. The people are scared of paying a guy 
when he falls off the cliff and he's no longer he's no longer producing. Well, let's let's continue that conversation because Dalvin Cook now is a free agent. And God, I hope, please God, do not show up in my town here in Dallas. But if that does happen, is he going What do you think? I mean, this is a guy who's made a name for himself over the years, certainly uh, a premier talent, right? Um, he's going to look for something, maybe a two-year deal, but he's, I think he's older than Saquon. So. Yeah, and, and I think I, I think with Dalvin Cook, I mean, 27 years old, it does not sound like an old age, but he's he's <laughs> – He's got the. It's like with the running back position. It's all. It's like a car. You're yeah. looking at how many miles are on the tires, or or like a boxer almost, where it's not even about your age. It's how many carries have you logged? And and Dalvin Cook, you know, over the last four seasons, he's put in over a thousand carries, not even including his his touches in the receiving game. So. I know there's a lot of the analytics community and the fantasy football community that will point out that he he isn't the guy he used to be. A lot of that explosiveness isn't there anymore. And I think for Minnesota, great micro example, Alexander Madison is, you know, they're paying him $4 million a year. He He's not a first-round talent like Dalvin Cook, but he's going to look very similar in that system, that system that is dependent on spreading it out and letting the receivers really dictate the offense. So, it, do I do I see a team coming in and kind of coming over the top for Dalvin Cook? Because by all reports, much like Zeke, he's looking for uh, you know he's still getting paid by the Vikings, so he can be patient and look for a good deal. Mm-hmm. But if you're Dalvin Cook, you also have to you kind of just have to take the deal that presents itself. And I think a lot of people are speculating Miami, Denver, to your point, Dallas, because they they would be fun. And I guess they kind of make sense to me. I, I don't. I don't see Miami has invested in the running yeah. back position in a cheap way, and I don't know if they plan on investing real dollars there. Uh, if you look at the Denver running back room, they have a ton of talent already. So I do wonder, and I wonder how the Dalvin Cook movement affects Saquon as well. Because if you're Barkley, at some point you have to realize, like, hey, these guys are good. They're going out there and just sitting there, and no one really wants them. Like, I really should lock myself into something here. And so hopefully it helps dictate the the market a little bit. But yeah, Dal- my my bet right now, you know, I'll throw it out there. I I do think strangely that Sean Payton is is slowly rehauling that roster as he sees fit. Mm. And I wonder if he's going to he might bring in a guy like that that would fit his scheme pretty well. I, I want to talk about a couple things before uh we end, but a, f- a few things. I want to talk about the Saints a little bit. I feel like they're getting lost in the shuffle. I mean, I haven't heard anyone really talk about like, uh, you know, Alvin Kamara and all these other guys that they have on on the on the on the squad. I also want to talk about something that just happened recently um, with the four suspensions now due to gambling. I don't have everyone's name here, but do you have any more insight on what happened? So I mean, real, speaking I of gambling, real, buddy, <laughs> yeah, real quick, real quick on the gambling topic. I think it's creating this real interesting uh, public conversation around gambling, and and people are really kind of like you're seeing like the beginnings of like, well, wait a second, like the common person, why can't you bet on your own team? This is weird. That wouldn't be a. Ch- I think what you're seeing here is that the NFL has to be strong with this. Uh, all sports are going to show strength with this because at the end of the day, and their policies are probably going to be overstepping their bounds in some ways, which applies here. 
because they have to be. They don't want to be. They don't want to lose the faith of their 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 consumer. They don't want people to think this is fixed. Because for whatever reason in this country, when gambling shows up, people assume there's going to be some sort of corruption. Like gambling hasn't existed the entire time, and so the reaction to this stuff makes sense. Now, what's really kind of causing people for a stir is like, hey. A lot of these guys are getting that six-game suspension. What does the six-game suspension mean? It means you didn't bet on the NFL. It means you bet on other sports, which not illegal, but you bet on those sports at a at a at t- an NFL facility. Yeah. So, and I think where some players are getting tripped up, and I think I believe some of these are truly and honestly like just mistakes. When you're on the road with your team at the team hotel, that's considered a team facility. And I know at least one person, that's how they got busted. So some of this is lost in like the lawyer details of the rule. Like, hey, don't bet on stuff while you're at the facility, which I think what happened in Detroit is some guys were hanging out in the lunchroom and they're exchanging like, hey, I like this college football game. I like, you know, which doesn't it seems pretty harmless. Now, as far as like the Isaiah Rogers case, that's a little different. Um, he also appears to have attempted to play with inside information, placing a, a bunch of $25 bets, which no big deal, whatever. And then he had like a thousand dollar bet on a running back prop for his own team, yeah. something he definitely could have had inside information about. So it needs to happen. And, and, and I think, you know, we saw it with Ridley too. He, he got, he got the big end of the stick because he bet on the NFL and they have to show you like, guys, this, don't be stupid. And we always used to laugh at the old clips from the symposium where, like, you know, Chris Carter famously got in trouble for telling guys they needed to have a guy to carry their gun. They need to have someone at these things say, hey, just don't bet on the clock. Like, don't get your bets in at home. I, you know, get your, get your bets in off the clock. Yeah. I think the majority of this stuff is, is innocent. Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I look – Gambling's coming. It's not changing. If anything, we need we need as much transparency as possible so people don't re- people realize that gambling helps the game be cleaner, not the other way around. Moving along to the Saints, what's going on with this team? I mean, the the reports are Derek Carr really at a certain point got really mad at the Raiders. You could tell, like, you know, well, I was a certain. Did you see the quote about how well I, I couldn't stand watching my wife cry? <laughs> I don't understand the quote. So the- but there are times when Derek uh, it seems to be too honest, which I think is what people like about him. I yeah. think it's what made him an endearing leader on that that team. And I think whatever went down with Josh McDaniels, it, you can't help but think, well, boy, is this guy trying to be Belichick and he's just doing the wrong stuff? I mean, I know uh, with some relative like inside information about the Devontae Adams situation, or I'm sorry, the Darren Waller situation, that there was a lot of similar type vibes where it, it was like, what are we doing here? You, you're trying to smash a bunch of round pegs into triangle holes. And, and so I think whatever is going on in Las Vegas, it's not a team I'm looking to invest in. And so bringing it back to Carr now in New Orleans feels like he has a fresh start. Uh, Saints trying to b- build up some good guy karma by bringing in him, bringing in Foster Moreau, signing him after the the cancer diagnosis. It looks like he actually might be through it and going to be playing this year. I think the Saints also kind of profile as a team, to your point, they're not a sexy team that people are talking about, but you look at that schedule, it's very easy. <laughs> they're in a division that, unless you're a, a, a Falcon stand like me and think that Arthur Smith's going to have the boys rolling this year, there's not a ton of competition there. Uh, they play the AFC South in their schedule, another weak division. Wow. 
And so, yeah, I, if you believe Derek Carr can be a competent quarterback and and they're, they're, they're going to be a tough defensive team behind Dennis Allen, I think you can get there. And, and also, oh, by the way, it seems like Alvin Kamara might not even get suspended this year. And they've they brought in Jamal Williams and they drafted Keandre Miller. Like they, they have a good – they're loaded. Michael Thomas back, Chris Olave looking to ascend. For me, the thing that holds me back, and I, I was I was I've been on a couple different shows saying this, it's Dennis Allen. Mm. It's Dennis Allen, and I and I can't help but think, you know, when thing if things do get a little wonky in the season, can he can he can he react? Can he actually coach? And and so yeah, like I'm I'm kind of more in the camp of like I'd love to see Atlanta take a step forward and win this division, but New Orleans is a favorite for the for a reason to win that division. And you, you look around the roster. I think we've discussed this before. New Orleans is one of those teams. They are always trying to win now. If you're a season ticket holder of the Saints, like for the, not not early days, but in the past 15 to 20 years, every year it yeah. seems like they're kicking financial trouble down the road to compete now. So I think they're built to compete now again, and, and, and they've kicked the can down the road on some financial decisions. And if they're not successful, it could be bad in the future. But, yeah, that once again, Mickey Loomis is is trying to win right now. Well, Jamal Williams and Kamara could be a really interesting, uh, you know, duet, if you will. I mean, honestly, I think I think what's interesting wow. is this team could be an absolute like run the ball, yeah. play defense kind of team. They didn't have that weird. last they, year, right, Ryan? I mean, they haven't really had that. I mean, Mark Ingram. Defense. I'm not going to give Mark Ingram. I mean, I give him a little credit, but come on, man, this team this looks a little sexier to me. I think I think that's the the narrative you you talk yourself into is you know maybe Derek Carr doesn't have to be relied on to carry the team they can be a, a ground and pound team play defense and Derek Carr is a smart enough court, quarterback to make the right throw and and oh by the way there are some legit weapons there and we didn't even mention Taysom Hill the no. ultimate gadget player yeah so yeah I mean I, I certainly think. You know, a, a, a contrarian take would be that the NFC South is capable of getting two teams in the playoffs, too, hmm. because how easy their schedule is. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I there's a reason that you'd have to lay you'd have to lay like they're a pretty heavy favorite to make the playoffs next year. By the way, there was one. Actually, there's been a few times, but don't forget for all of our listeners, just to remind everyone that, you know, the NFC East used to be. And I think is now one of the best divisions in the league. And I don't want to give the Cowboys too much credit. Definitely don't want to give the Eagles that much credit. I know you, your partner is loving this. But oh. but I'll tell you what, man. Other than the Commanders, these three other teams are freaking legit. And I could see all three of them again in the playoffs. I, well, I, and I would I would say don't count the Commanders out. Wow. We don't know what this Chiefs offense is going to look like, the enemy coming over. Okay. I'm 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 with you. I think it, they're they're ten to one to win the division for a reason, but I think it's not hyperbole to say this is the best division in the NFC for sure. Right? Yeah. Now. It's and really I think fun. when you, yeah, when you look at, I think part of that is the rest of the conference is a bit a bit down, but there there are two two and you know you'd say like two to three playoff contenders, and who knows? It also is the NFC East, the division that no one has won back to back years since the Eagles did in 02 and 03. So uh, hopefully we don't see that again and someone surprises us that isn't named the Cowboys. One last thing before we uh, let you go. Um, I want to talk about the Browns. Now, Deshaun Watson was just, I don't know how to say this, very, yeah, yeah, fine, bad last year. This is a guy who just got paid like a lot of money for really bad football. Did not look good at all. Um, 
what first of all, what's gonna what's gonna happen this year? Is this guy gonna not only have a turnaround? Um, is it gonna take away time from for Nick Chubb? You know, I don't I don't know. What's your whole overall opinion right now here in Cleveland? I mean, I think it's important to remind people that the last time Deshaun Watson played a full season during the 2020 season, he won four games. Uh, This is a man that he has had talent. He was a great college player, came into the league, had some magical seasons. We remember him in the playoffs. Exciting player, but not a lot of guys have had success leaving the game for extended periods of time. And then you you talk about the like the reasons why he was gone, and then you talk about the the like the 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 swirling uh, news stories last year. He yeah. comes back mid season, he looks pretty horrible. Like Brissett was clearly a better quarterback, and I think there's a lot of people who assume he's just going to snap back into it. And I think the tools are there. You got Cooper and Elijah Moore and Donovan Peoples-Jones. You drafted Cedric Tillman. You have Njoku, a guy, a tight end you've invested in. Like you said, Nick Chubb, I think he's in for a huge year. Kareem okay. Hunt no longer on the roster. They have a good offensive line. They should have a good defense. But you nailed it with the lead. Deshaun Watson, for me, is the reason why this Browns team I would love some of the stuff I'm going to do this year is like betting on the Browns to finish in last place in this division. <laughs> I think you need a quarter. If you don't trust the quarterback coach combo, and I don't trust Stefanski, and I don't trust Deshaun Watson, I look around that division Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson. Okay, I'll take that. Uh, Burrow, I don't care who the coach is, I'll take that. And then, and then you slide over to Tomlin, who I love, and pick it a, a quarterback who's ascending. I think it's going to be another long year for this Cleveland team. And, you know, the the last little nugget I'll throw in there, the pressure that Deshaun Watson has to play with knowing that he broke the quarterback market and 31 other teams despise him for that contract. Uh, I think that that, that, between that and the reason he got in trouble, that's got a way on you. By the way, where is Kareem Hunt? No team right now. No team yet. Although rumored to be going to the commanders. Okay, well that that would be interesting. All right, man, we could talk forever. Great insight. Looking forward to you back on next week, hopefully with us, and we'll uh, get into it. You know, we're inching closer and closer every week. We're there. I've, for the Hall of Fame games, it's like oh, I feel like it's tomorrow. Soon enough, bud. Soon enough. Anyways, Ryan, appreciate it. And uh, again, for all of our listeners, go to the uh, Sports Gambling Podcast. All over available right now. Appreciate it, bud. Cheers. Less than 70 days till football. There you go. There was never wrong till there was right.